So, this uh, series is called Be the Church. Main thing in this series, I want you to know the church is always about people. Um, when you read about the, bi- the church in the Bible, it's about people. And, and so we've been saying that right now we're the church gathered corporately. But when, when you leave the facility here in a little while, you're still the church. You're just the church on mission. Uh, and the idea is that you get to the point where you realize church isn't something that we do. Church is who we are. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. Um, because it's about people, it's about relationships. And so it's about our relationship with God, our relationship with the people of God, and our relationship with the future people of God. And we're looking at those relationships in the context of discipleship, fellowship, mission, and worship. We've talked about being a disciple. We've just started to talk about fellowship and what fellowship means. And I've, I've said that the Christian fellowship is believers in Christ coming together in unity, love, and humility to mutually support and encourage one another. So that's the idea behind what we're in right now, fellowship. Really important part of what we're to do as the church. So today we're going to talk about humility because uh, if we don't get that one, we're not going to get to the rest of them. So we're going to get grounded in that whole process. Um, so that's where we're heading. So that's the intro. Transition. Always, I've actually got four bad jokes for you today. I, I thought last night they would whittle me down a couple, but they hated them so much I kept them all in. <laughs> Talking about relationships. Uh, you should never get into a relationship with a tennis player because love means nothing to them. I, uh, I hate waiting in lines as much as the next guy. Actually, he probably hates it slightly more than me. Yeah, I probably could have got rid of that one. But still, the worst two are yet to come. I heard about a group of people that worship the number zero. Is nothing sacred? Okay. Last one. This one I, I sat on for a few months, and now it's okay, but it was too soon before. But I think now it's okay. Apparently, nobody knows why Notre Dame caught fire. But Quasimodo has a hunch. <laughs> no. That's awesome. I thought my daughter would like that, and she hates that one. Okay, apologies to the visitors and into the scripture reading. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Powerful passage, and and we're going to dig in there in a moment, back into verse 12, about humility and putting on humility sort of as a garment. Well, as I read that passage, there's a verse there that always sticks out at me, and it talks about letting the, the word of Christ or the message of Christ dwell in you richly. 
And, and I, I don't want to just move by that without taking a moment to once again encourage you uh, to, to have the Word of God just dwell in you richly. And so uh, I want to encourage and exhort you again to be spending time reading the Bible and, and to make it a part of your life that, that it just becomes significant. And, you know, I've said that we need to read the Bible uh, as His story from beginning to end. Uh, and it is. It's all about Jesus. And I think sometimes people struggle with reading the Bible because they, they, they're not looking for Him. They're not looking for Jesus in it, and it, they seem to get bored with it, or they're doing it out of some sort of duty. But there's nothing like this Bible. There's nothing like this book. Um, it's alive. The, the Holy Spirit illuminates the Scripture to us, and we can find Jesus in there. And, and uh, my prayer would be that you would keep pressing in and, until you, you find that place where you're excited about it again, and it's an adventure again that He's called us to, and we, we live through this amazing story that He's given us, His story. And, and it, it connects us to Him uh, in, in more significant ways. And, and so I was thinking about a verse this week, uh, and it's uh, a verse that you've heard a lot here. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. And, and I've told you that this verse is sort of the summary of the good news of the gospel. Paul says, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to to the scriptures. Remember, I've told you that passage summarizes the good news, the gospel. Um, that's what people need to hear and respond to in order to go from darkness to light. They need to get that concept that our sin has separated us from God, but God's made a way for us in Christ who paid for our sins. He gave his life for our sins, defeated death, or rose again, and, and that as he did, he made a way for us to be reconciled to God. That's the, the heart of it. And, and the reason we need to know that is if people ask us what's the gospel, we need to know how to respond. And if someone is sort of teaching something that it seems a little sort of different, um, we need to be able to ask them, well, what is the gospel? And if their response isn't on those lines, you, you, you need, that's a big clue that, that something's not quite right. So I read that passage. I read it a lot. I think about it. And um, there's some amazing things in there when I read it. First, uh, what amazes me is Paul says, for what I received, I pass on to you as of first importance. So this is extremely important, right? First importance, not second importance, not third importance, not sort of important, like kind of might be important. Of first importance, I, I, you need to know this, Christ died for your sins according to the Scripture. Now, when, when that was written, the Scripture he was referring to was the Old Testament. So according to the Old Testament, Christ died for your sins was buried and then rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Again, Old Testament stuff. So, so we ought to be able to see that, that that's what happened with Jesus uh, actually is, is recorded for us in the Old Testament. It's there. It's pointing to what happens and it's in there over and over and over again when you're digging in. That's why I love to pray, Holy Spirit, you know, show me what you want me to see and, and then dig into what's going on in the Old Testament. So a couple of things that I thought we'd do real quick before we get into the meat of what we're going to talk about humility is talk about a couple of stories that you can check this out for yourself in the process. And, and, and this idea of, you know, Christ died for our sins and third day in the Old Testament. If you ever get a chance, Google third day in the Bible, you'd be amazed at how many things happen on the third day. And that you would. If you haven't ever done it, you're just going to be amazed at what happens. But let's talk about a couple things. So Genesis chapter 22. You should read it if you get a chance this week, and I'll tell you the story. Uh, it's a story of Abraham and Isaac, and uh, Isaac is, it, it's about a sacrifice. And so, uh, and it says, on, it says on the third day, that's in there, um, Abraham takes his one and only son, 
So those are terms that you've heard before, uh, but that's how he says it. And, and they're heading up on the third day to a mountain to sacrifice, and that, the mountain is actually going to be where the temple will end up being built. Nothing is by coincidence. And on the journey at some point, he takes the, the wood for the sacrifice and he puts it on Isaac's back, and Isaac carries the wood for the sacrifice up the hill. Who else do you know who had wood put on his back that he carried up a hill for sacrifice? It's, it's the picture is there, right, already? And they're on this journey, and at some point Isaac says to Abraham, he said basically, Daddy, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham says to Isaac, don't worry, God will provide the lamb. Now you know that story gets a little intense if you know what's going to happen, uh, and you, you sort of wonder what that's going to look like. But sure enough, that just before you know, uh, uh, Abraham's about to think, you know, think that he needs to sacrifice Isaac, God intervenes, and there in the bushes they find the sacrifice. But it's fascinating because it's a ram, not a lamb. They use the ram for the sacrifice. Now, that's a picture though because God will provide the sacrifice He's going to provide the lamb. It's just going to happen later on in the story. And it does happen later on where God provides a lamb for the sacrifice. And, and so where that happens, it happens. But, but if you look and you jump into the New Testament, because its story is one big story, and you look and you find out that there's a time when Jesus approaches John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is sort of a type of the, of the last Old Testament prophets. And when John the Baptist sees Jesus, what does he say? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, it's a continuation of that story. And it's it just, the story is amazing. It runs through the scripture. So there he is. Uh, and so I, I love that story. And you get to see, you know, Christ in, in the Old Testament. It's pictures of what's going to happen on the process. Then, another great story, Daniel chapter 6. Get a chance to read this this week. Daniel, it's the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Most of you have heard that story. You know about Daniel in the lion's den. But there's some stuff in there that, that you might miss if you're not really looking into it. And so um, the things that connect the story is that, that Daniel's put into the lion's den, into a cave. When he's put in there, uh, a stone is rolled to block the entrance of the cave or the tomb, and then that stone is sealed so that nothing can get out. Well, what other story do you know where someone is put into a tomb and a stone is rolled over and it's sealed for security reasons? It's another big picture of what's happening with Jesus. But the, it's the third day connection that you might miss if you're not looking for it. Because you read the story, it looks like he's just in there on one night, and then he gets out. But here's what happens. This is a picture of this story together. So there's some evil men that don't like Daniel, because Daniel prays to God. So they come up with a trap to get him, uh, because the king likes Daniel. Uh, and they, they say, uh, hey, king, there's people that are praying to, to other people than you, and you, you should really put a stop to it. And so they get him to sign this decree that anybody uh, over the next 30 days that prays to anybody except the king, they're going to be tossed in the lion's den. And so the king agrees, and they send out this decree. Boom. The very next day, the first day of, of our story, Daniel prays three times to the Lord because that's what he does. You're not going to stop Daniel from praying. That's what he does. That's day one. On day two of the story, um, the people who don't like Daniel bring these charges against Daniel saying, hey, he's doing what you told him not to do. He's praying to the Lord. And the king kind of argues with them through the course of that day because he really likes Daniel. But at sundown, he gives in and says, okay, we don't have a choice. Go ahead. Throw him in the lion's den. The stone rolls over. It's sealed says the king can't sleep all that night because he's, he's really concerned about what's going to happen to Daniel. He comes running in on the morning of the third day, and the stone is removed, and Daniel comes out of the lion's den, and he's okay. The, the Lord kept the lion's mouth shut 
It's another picture of God moving throughout the, the Scripture in these ways that we can relate to about the, the, the promises and that Jesus, is, you know, He came and He died for our sin, defeated death and rose again on the third day. And you'll see it over and over and over and over and over again. And why I even share that with you, why it's so important is when you sort of know that you know that you know that God is in control and that He's got you and that He loves you, and that allows you to settle and to relax and to rest in Him so that you can be at that place of rest in your soul, of soul rest, where then you can truly become the person you were created to be. Because instead of you having to be the one that's in charge to make everything work, God is that person and you can trust Him in the process. So I love to see Him in the Scripture and I love those stories that tie this whole thing together as I read it because it settles me in knowing that God is good. God, and He's good, and He's got me, and I can rest in that whole process. So, so look at those stories this week if you get a chance. I think it'll just help you uh, as we continue to press on in this journey. That's the Word of Christ dwelling in us and as we look at those things in the process. All right, so now let's hop into our discussion on humility. Back to uh, Colossians 3.12. This is out of the message paraphrase this time. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. I like that in the paraphrase because it's, it's sort of a picture of, of this is what we're supposed to be walking through life with, these, these qualities. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Uh, and so we're to be a people of humility and, and a, a gentle people. But, but being sort of a gentle person has gotten a very bad rap in our current culture. Remember, I, I tell you that culture impacts us significantly and, um, because we're a part of it. And our culture's in a hurry. Our culture tends to be a little rude. Our culture is very self-focused. And all those things impact us. And, and I think culturally, uh, a gentle person uh, is, is sort of looked at as being very weak in the process. But the reality is strength uh, is, is demonstrated in humility and gentleness. True strength happens in that way. Uh, not in sort of an arrogant, don't care about anything or anybody or anything else. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to do what I have to do to get what I want. I'm going to manipulate. I'm going to push ahead. I'm just going to do whatever it is because it's all about me. But, uh, but gentle people aren't like that. Jesus is our model, and He demonstrates it so well, the idea of humility and strength. And, and one of the things I love about Jesus is that He's never in a hurry. We talked about that. But He also sees people that nobody else sees. He, he, he walks through. You can read it through the Gospels, and He's always seeing people that are being overlooked and not cared about. And, and He goes to them, makes time for them, stops everything, and, and ministers to them and encourages them and prays for them and invites them into the kingdom. Because he has a heart for people, he demonstrates to us what this idea of humility, humility really looks like in the world around us, this gentleness, this, this sort of strength under control. So I have three things I want you to think about this week, about humility. I've got three questions that I want you to ask, and I want you to take these home, and I want you to ask yourself these questions this week, because humility is significant for us to really get the whole idea of uh, how we relate to one another, how we have true fellowship in the process. So the first question I want you to dig into this week and ask yourself is, how do you treat people? How do you treat people? The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, 9, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. 
We, we looked at the idea about being devoted, and I said it was a kindly affection that we're to have, but Paul also tells us that we're to honor others and have a sincere love for others in this process. So um, that brings up that question then, how do you treat people? How do you treat people? I think in our hurriedness, we have a tendency to allow people to become the scenery and the machinery in our lives. They just sort of fade off into the distance. And the only time we ever really notice them is if something in our own story is not going the way we want it to. And then all of a sudden we're looking for someone to get upset with because our story's messed up. And people then fade out and they come out of the scenery and they, all the machinery and we, we target them a lot of times for things that aren't going right in our own lives. And yet you have to see people wherever you go like Jesus did as, as people that God extravagantly loves. Uh, as people that He has gone the, the, the ultimate distance for in order to make a way for them to be reconciled. That you, you look at people and realize that they have a story and that they, they, they matter and they have a backstory and that they count and they have value and that we really start to look at people like that instead of just being frustrated when things aren't going the way we want. And that idea of frustration really is a great sort of way to determine how you're doing in your relationships. Because if you tend to be sort of frustrated most of the time with the people that you're in relationship with, your relationships are more about you than they are about them. And they're supposed to be flip-flopped in, in the kingdom. It's supposed to be more about them. And, and so when you find yourself being frustrated, instead of taking it out on others, take a look at what's going on in you because there's something going on there that the, the Spirit of God really wants to help you with and help you in the process. Um, you might have heard me say this before, but, but I think this is very helpful in regard to this. If, if people aren't on your hearts, they're going to be on your nerves. And so you can use that as a guide. If they're on your nerves, they're not on your heart. And, and that's you. So you need to deal with that and look at that. So think about that this week. Ask yourself that question. How do you treat people? Second, this is important. How do you handle what you know? In my notes, I have parentheses next to it, or what you think you know, because uh, that's sort of the point. Uh, Paul says in Romans twelve sixteen, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Anybody here have opinions? We all have opinions. That's fine. That's, that's what we do. But... Sometimes we, we let our opinions take a, a place of this priority in our lives where they shouldn't be because they're opinions. And, and uh, if, we, if we get too strongly opinionated, it begins to impact our relationship with other people. Uh, you know, I have a lot of opinions about things. But I, I try and be very careful with what I do with those because ultimately what I want to do with my life is be uh, able to tell people about Jesus and what He's done and who He is and how much He loves them. And, and so I don't want anything else to get in the way because there are some things where people, if they, they think of you in a certain light, they stop listening to anything that you have to say. See, we can't be like that. We, we have to be the people who understand that people have opinions. I'm not talking about reality, but they have opinions that are different than ours. And... and what we need to do is still be able to love them because ultimately we're, we're wanting to help them connect to God. And so we have to remain teachable throughout the course of our lives. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is teach us. 
And, and too often people get to a point in their life where they're not teachable any longer. They just think they have it all figured out. We just don't yet. Um, we're, we're all moving in process. And, and so we need to remain teachable. Uh, we need to be careful with, you know, um, for some people it's really important to be right and to prove it. But when you're settled in who you are and in your identity, you can be right and you don't have to prove it to everybody else. You can just settle in it. It's not an arrogance. It allows you to be humility because you, you don't have to make it a, a thing. And, and sometimes people get stuck there and you, you don't need to be stuck there. It's okay just to know who God is and sort of be settled in that. And then you can treat people well. Uh, even if you don't agree, you can, you can love them. Third, another big question. Ask yourself, you know, where's your focus? And, and by that, I mean, are you more focused on temporal things or eternal things? Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is. What do you treasure most? That's where your heart is. Well, here's what happens is that, that, so we live in a temporal world. This is temporary, the stuff that we're living. Uh, we have to live here because we're, we're people and this is where we live right now. But if you've come to Christ, you're an eternal being. You have an eternity that's, that's promised to you. And, and, and yet, we're going to have to live in this tension. Now, because the temporary seems so important to us all the time, it often takes our focus. But see... The eternal is, is what we have forever. And what I understand to be eternal is uh, our relationship with God and our relationship with people in relationship with God. Those things are eternal. Uh, everything else is temporary. And, and when you start thinking about that in the context of relationship, where is the, the focus of your life? So I'd say what happens too often because all these things seem so demanding. We get so focused on what's temporary that we lose out on what's eternal, that we miss out on the, the best stuff that we have right now. And, and when we realize that this is temporary but these relationships are eternal, then it even spurs us on towards mission because we want to make sure that everybody comes to know the Lord so that we have that forever as well. So where is your focus? And I, I get that there's a balance. You can't get away from this because we live in a, in a temporary situation. But... We're eternal beings, and that needs to get balanced into it in regard to our relationship and what's more important. And so you you want to, you know, you, you want to treasure your relationships. You want to treasure your relationship with God. You want to treasure your relationship with other people, because that's what matters. That's what counts forever. Th- this little verse might help you as you sort of think about this. I'll close with this. James four six and seven, but he gives us more grace. That's good. This is why Scripture says. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble, or gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But, but um, see, humility, God gives grace. God gives favor to people that are, are walking in humility. I think that's a great encouragement to keep moving in that direction, because the other part of that verse isn't that fun. But he opposes the proud. And uh, I don't want to be in opposition to him. I know that you don't either. So, so think about that scripture and then ask yourself those questions, please, over the course of this week because we need to come at these uh, relationships that we're talking about from a place of humility and gentleness in order to have the impact that God wants us to have. So think about those things this week. 
and uh, we'll pick it up there next week. Ministry team, those here, why don't you head over to the wall? People over there are here to pray for you, and uh, we'll make sure you get prayer for whatever's going on. We're going to have a good lunch today. Uh, uh, it's Italian. I think there's chicken parm sliders, and there's pasta and meatballs, and all sorts of good stuff. So, uh, so that'll be fun, but let's pray. And then we'll go from there. Papa, thank you again for your amazing love for us. You're just such an awesome, awesome God. And I pray, Papa, that we would be people of gentleness and humility. And that as our relationship with you continues to grow, that not only would we be changed, but, but that it would change the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. And ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God. To fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome, awesome God. If you need prayer for anything today, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever. We, we felt as we, if we prayed for this weekend that um, God would, would really want to be touching people who are struggling uh, with loneliness. And, and that, that this loneliness... It wasn't because you were alone. You were actually feeling lonely even in the midst of having people around you. And that God wanted to fill that space. And so if that's you, I'd encourage you to let someone pray for you today. And we also feel like we're to pray for people that are struggling with sleeping. Uh, you're, ha- you're having just uh, issues falling asleep and staying asleep. That, that God wanted to move into that too. So if that's you, make sure you go for some prayer today as well. And if you don't, yet know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let's take care of that too. Humility and faith. In humility, it's, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned. Asking Him to forgive you what you do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a simple prayer like that, do it now. If you need help, just go and ask someone. Just say, I want to know Jesus. And they'll help you with that prayer. So if you need prayer for any of those things, go and get them. If you're going to stay and have lunch with us, Lord, thank you for the food you provided today. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible. Draw people in tonight, God, for Vineyard Night Watch so that they can experience your love and your presence. You are an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dead. Prayer will be over there. Lunch will be in the back. 
as you go, drive safely, be kind to one another in the parking lot, have a great day. Did I hear it raining out there? I don't know. Go catch some fish anyway. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye. Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.